Hello and welcome to the Work Matters podcast, where we discuss what matters at work and how to make it better. Research shows three primary factors of happiness include health, social relationships, and our experiences. Work can have a way of dominating all three of those things. And so this podcast starts with the premise that when people lead healthier, happier lives, everyone benefits. Our well-being really matters. And so in each episode, we'll explore a specific topic related to the experience of work with a focus on understanding why it matters and how to make it better. I'm Robert Richardson here with Steve Hunt. Steve, what matters at work today? Learning matters, Robert, sort of like developing new skills, new knowledge, constantly building ourselves. Do you find like it easy to learn, particularly learning when you're at work? Yeah, I don't know if it's um, particularly easy to learn. I think sometimes the hardest part about learning is uh, at work is just the amount of time you're given to do it. Yeah, they don't really schedule like, you know, oh, work for four hours and now you get four hours off just to do self-development right. <laughs> and learning. You hear about companies doing that, but in reality, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. So what have you done? I mean, how about you? Have you like, because, you know, obviously you've, you've had a pretty successful career. How have you been able to learn at work? Uh, so, so I think I appreciate you mentioning it, but, you know, I was not always uh, a great learner, you know, and I, I think maybe it would surprise you to know, but I was a terrible student in high school. As a matter of fact, I didn't even graduate on time. I, uh, I had to take summer school just to get a high school diploma versus uh, a GED. You know, and, and so wow. uh, one really embarrassing story uh, is I actually got to watch my own graduation. Uh, it was through the lens of a camera, though, and I was behind it and I was uh, filming my own graduation just to get extra credit for a class so that I could pass it. Right. And uh, and do some summer school that year and and graduate, you know, and then when I went to college, uh, I, I really had to convince a counselor to even give me a chance to, to get into school. And so. Uh, from there, I, you know, I became a, a straight A student, you know, and, and really did quite well. But it took an enormous amount of effort, Steve, because I just didn't know how to study. I hadn't learned how to learn, you know. And so one of the one of the very first courses that I took, because uh, I kind of recognized this fact, was a course that, you know, taught you how to learn. And so then I had to practice that while trying to keep up at uh, at school. And so. You know, I think what's interesting about your question is a lot has changed since then. You know, and in the past, uh, Google was around, you know, during during those years while I was in college. But we didn't have all the same scholarly articles available. You, you know, I don't even think Wikipedia, if it was a thing, it wasn't a big thing uh, at the time. And so, so much has changed since then. And it turns out that the way you learn in the workforce is really different than how you learn in school anyway. And so learning how to learn is important. Yeah, I think what your point about learning how to learn absolutely is, and the world is so much different. And we're really lucky today because, I mean, we now have somebody on the show who has spent the last 10 years focusing on designing technology solutions as a company. She's the leader of a company called Exonify. Uh, her name is Christine Tutzel, and she has spent the last 10 years focusing on how to create tools and technology that enable people to leverage all of this stuff we have on the internet, but to learn in a more effective manner in the kind of crazy life we have. So Christine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Happy to be joining you guys this morning. Yeah, so you heard like Robert's story, which is a pretty powerful one, that this ability to learn how to learn can 
can turn people's lives around. I mean, in the case of going from, you know, struggling in high school to straight A's in college, same person, different learning strategy. So you, you've focused on this. So my first question is, I always like to start, you know, sort of why does this matter to you? Yeah, well, micro learning is really, you know, about trying to learn in small bite-sized chunks about what's really relevant and what you need to know. And when we think about, you know, traditional learning and, you know, sitting through a classroom as a student or if, you know, in your in the corporate world and you go to classroom training, when you walk out the door uh, the next day, how much of that do you really remember? And if you take away one or two key things from that session, that's usually a win. And so, you know, we started to look at that. We go, well, why does that happen? And there's a lot of research out there today. And 10 years ago, this was more emerging research around how does the brain work? How does it really retain information? And how can we leverage that to help people be more successful at work? And so that's when, um, you know, we started to explore this concept of microlearning. And so there's really, as we view it at Exonify, is a couple of different ways. And uh, the first is that, you know, if you take an hour-long course that you would take either in the classroom or in traditional e-learning, to turn it into microlearning is not, you know, saying, okay, let's have... 12 five-minute chunks of, of learning. It's about looking at those key essential things that you want someone to take away from that course and get rid of all the fluff and start to focus on the key learning points and then create your, your micro-learning around that. So it's very feasible that you could take a course that's uh, 60 minutes and produce three, three to five-minute uh, segments that give you more value than you would have got out of the 60 minutes. Yeah, well, just as you're talking, I think one of the ideas, it's a whole different way of thinking about learning because traditionally, you know, people would say, oh, this is an hour long course, and then they would fill it up with content. And this is more like mm -hmm. start with the content and make it as long as it needs to be. And hopefully it's probably as short as possible. Yeah, we'll start with the business goal in mind. What are you trying to accomplish? Like, what do you want the people that take this course to come out of it with, right? And then back from there. And, you know, it, it kind of throws into the face of traditional instructional design methodologies when you're thinking about how to build courses. And that is what we see in the industry. It's a fundamental shift in thinking about how you design content. And, uh, and I think one of the barriers to moving with microlearning is for corporations to have the thought process to be able to move forward with this new way. What if, I, if I'm an employee, though, and not all employees are lucky to work for companies that have really big training programs, but every person has access to things like the Internet and other sources of knowledge. And I want to say, wow, I want to embrace this microlearning concept. Mm -hmm. what, what would be the strategies? Because, you know, most of us grew up going to where you did sit in classes for an hour and they were very structured and it wasn't micro learning. What, what would you say to a person that says, I want to adopt this micro learning strategy? Like how do, as an employee, do I embrace this concept? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's, there, there's kind of two sides to that coin as an employee, if you're looking at trying to do self-development, then there are solutions out there that you can sign up to that are available, you know, free of charge on the internet where you can access content. And some of it is, um, you know, is micro based. You know, I think a great example of micro learning is uh, is YouTube videos, right? I mean, you go out onto the internet and you can look up anything you want and learn about it in a quick video that gets right to the point because the person presenting that video is showing it from their point of view. This is how I learned it. This is how I do it. And and you get to the the end result very quickly. 
Well, well, I think that's interesting because YouTube has all this stuff, but how do you build the curriculum? Because I think that's one of the advantages of like going to school. They tell you what you're supposed to learn. But if you're an employee yeah. saying, I'm trying to move into a new field or move to the next level, how do I, is there, what's the strategy sort of figure out where to start? Yeah, so it is challenging for um, individuals because they they can go out to you know a, a learning experience platform and and sign up for that and you know they can develop a path that will will take them through content, but it does get specific to the role in the company that you're with and how you advance within that organization. So ideally, you want to be able to do that within your own your own organization and and have access to that kind of learning. But as you say, there's not, um, you know, not all companies are embracing this technology. So it's definitely an emerging field. And we're seeing that, you know, more and more quickly, uh, companies are, are starting to adapt this type of thing. And I, I think that uh, like a traditional learning environment will not work in the world that we're living in right now. And, and so I think that this is going to force this digital um, approach to really uh, make employers rethink how they're approaching learning. And then once you have that kind of platform in place, then you can take them through a path to say, okay, so now I'm, you know, I might be a a clerk in this department. I want to be an assistant manager. What do I need to know in order to have those skills and upskill from there? And, and, um, and then you can continue to take that, that content on your own time. Well, well I'm sorry, one of the things is you hit on one thing I think is really key because, you know, we're focusing as an employee that what do I need to know? So I'm an employee out there and I am looking to, to, to move to another, to, to learn some new area. And I, and I say there's all this stuff out there that I could learn from. What's the first thing that somebody should do to say, I want to move, I want to start learning, but I need to know what to learn. What's, what would you recommend is the first thing somebody should do? Then I would step back from the learning piece for a second. I would go to my manager and have a conversation about what their recommendations are and how I could source that content from within the workplace. And failing that being available within the workplace, um, what tools I could uh, access, you know, over the internet, uh, more broadly available. But I, I think you know, what employers are looking for is employees that want to grow and want to learn and, and want to advance. I think, yeah, I think you're hitting on something that's important is people, I think sometimes view learning as a sign of weakness. So, oh, if I admit that I want to, that I don't know things or I want to move something that's saying I'm somehow unhappy with where I'm at, which it may be partially true, but it's, there is a certain element of, uh, you know, vulnerability. What do I, what could I do better that starts the learning journey? Yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing to, to engage that. Let's say you've engaged your manager and they've kind of given you general sense of these are the kind of topics. This micro learning concept, though, it's not like go attend a course. It's different than that. What is the first thing if I'm an employee and I'm trying to think about this? What's the first step for micro learning? Like, what's the first thing you do? Do you just go on YouTube and start looking at like videos? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, once you've had a chat with your manager, and, and I would full, fully agree with you, Steve, that, you know, managers appreciate curiosity from their employees because it means they want to learn, they want to get better. So if you can identify some of those gaps with your manager, then you can go on to the internet and you can start to Google and figure out, you know, where there's material that's specifically related to an area that you need to know more about. And there is a ton of content out there. And, and so being able to start consuming that um, on your own is, 
going to help you start to grow into those areas. And then, you know, I would also encourage people to continue to ask questions because that's really how we learn and retain information. So what you learn on the internet, then keep the conversation going either with your peers or with your manager to discuss what you've learned and that'll help drive the retention of that. And that's something that, you know, we call a retrieval practice, which is the act of asking and answering questions um, provides a deeper encoding of that information in the brain. So the more that you discuss it, answer questions, the more that you're going to remember and then be able to take that and apply it when you're on the job. Because it's not... What you want to do is figure out how do I learn how to do things that I can, you know, use on the job as opposed to just memorize something. I think that so so really that that importance of dialogue, which is, I guess, when you learn something and going and have a conversation, probably a a critical part of this for micro learning is having someone to talk with about what you learned. Yeah, in a in a non tech environment, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you if you have the ability to, to use a, a computer to help you with that, then the computer can curate and start asking you questions to start to help drive the long-term retention of the content. Well, I think that's one of the things, that, I know that's one of the things that Exonify is focused on a lot is that computer diagnostic, because when you look at like a tutor, when you have a, you know, an individual tutor, the, the tutor does is they do ask you questions for understanding and it is this dialogue. But like technology can play that role too. Um, can you talk a little bit about what is it that technology does in this role when you think of like, I don't know if the right phrase is tutoring technology, but technology that sort of helps people with the micro learning other than delivering the content. What's the other part on this sort of like asking why? Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Sure. So, you know, really what's happening is you're leveraging artificial intelligence to uh, look at how people are actually being asked and answering questions. And there is a number of different attributes that get considered by the AI. And then it it figures out, you know, what Steve needs to know, what Robert needs to know, what Christine needs to know. And it serves us up content that's specific to closing our individual knowledge gaps. And so by doing that, then we can make sure that everybody as an individual is upskilled because this is one of the things that's really important about microlearning. We're talking about a world where we only have three to five minutes a day to learn. So when we're delivering learning, it's got to be relevant and hyper relevant to the individual, not to the role, but to the individual and where they need help in order to uh, have top performance on the job. And, and we've seen this like time and time again. That, that focus, and I think the key, if, if, if taking this away, because I always try to take this back to sort of a regular like person working out there, is there's a lot of content out there, but it starts with, that people can probably direct you to or you can find, but it starts with having an understanding of what don't you know that you need to know and why. And part of that would be, you know, like taking mm-hmm. tests first or telling people, you know, challenging people to, to say, what don't I understand? So there's a certain element of, I don't want to say the vulnerability, but really, you know, learning is about filling our knowledge gaps and you have to figure out what those knowledge gaps are. So, you know, it's almost like I kind of thinking about before you start the course, take the test first and then only take the course on the parts of the test you didn't do well on. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, but I, I do think that um, there's a difference between testing and learning through questions. And the difference is that when you write a test, 
you don't know what the answers are until you finish the test. When you're learning through questions, you get asked a question, you get it wrong, you get presented with an explanation and the correct answer. So that, that subtle change allows you to learn in the moment. And then that helps you retain that information. And so when you go to take the course and it starts focusing you on the, the ones you got wrong, and that's the kind of content you're getting delivered, when you see it again, that's going to drive that home even further. I think that's, that's such a great observation you're talking about. And I'm thinking about, you know, how kids learn, which is, if you look at it, you're trying to say, it is like micro learning. Kids, when they're very young, don't take long courses. <laughs> they wouldn't sit for it. But if you, I remember having my own kids and other kids mm-hmm. that they just ask why all the time. Why this? Why is that? Why is this? Why is that? And it sounds like it's sort of like we need to continue doing that as adults. Absolutely. There's a whole like world of learning out there through questions. Like you can learn stuff through asking questions without even ever taking a course. And that's if you do it with this method of giving them the answer and giving them the explanation. And that's super micro based in terms of, of the learning. That's really interesting. So you do talk about micro implies like small. And you mentioned this course. How small is small, like in a micro course. And why does it matter if it's like, you know, when you're talking about micro learning, is this like 15 minute courses? What what do you mean? What was that? What is the time element of micro learning and why is it important? Well, ideally a learning like module, if you're doing a video or something like that, it shouldn't be longer than three minutes, three to five minutes max, because people are just going to tune out. And think about your own self, right? If you're looking at something. I know that if somebody, you know, sends me a video to watch and it's longer than three minutes, I, I usually don't finish it. Because, you know, I, I, okay, I've got the beginning, I'm, I'm moving on to the next piece, right? So you only have a little bit of time. And this is where, you know, all the studies show that, you know, really what we have is the three to five minute a day piece. So if we start creating 15 minute content, you know, clearly that doesn't fit within that that parameter, right? And so that's why we have to chunk it down and focus on, you know, very specific areas that we want to cover off. Which is so interesting because it's like, that's so counter to sort of, I think, the traditional way that we think that learning is a longer thing, but you're saying really you, you learn in small incremental chunks. What about if you're trying to learn like really sophisticated things? Like if somebody's saying, I'm trying to learn computer programming or something does this concept still apply or how does that play out um for what you'd say is a big topic as opposed to a specific like how-to topic yeah so you can you can break things into to smaller chunks but things like computer programming that type of thing those are different areas where you know it's a lot of actual practical application so you'll learn, you can learn some of the basics through the smaller chunks, but it's a lot of practical application. And that is with any, any, um, anything you do, 70% of what you learn is on the job, right? So I, I think we can't forget about that piece of it. Like we're trying to talk here about the, the formal piece of, of the learning. Sorry, if I could just give you an example, I, I, like I think this is a little different than the computer program example, but if you take a pharmaceutical sales rep, let's say they're selling, you know, wound closure systems and there's, you know, they have a, 
a ton of different options. They need to talk to a surgeon. So they have to be very specific about what they're talking about. They have to be very confident in that knowledge. Their learning journey looks something like, you know, perhaps working in a a room with cadavers, like actually closing and using the product to taking traditional e-learning and then having micro learning on top of that to refresh and remind them on all the key points that they need to be confident in and asking them questions every day to keep their skill level up. So it, it's not a one size fits all. It's you know a combination of things in those more complex environments. And by stacking the micro learning on top of the other environments, then you can drive that really good result on the back end. You know, and I think this is idea that's probably always some micro learning we can be doing because you can just fit it into the sort of nooks and crannies of your day. <laughs> that's a good term, but. What about, but one of the things that you said when we were talking in preparing for this show is you also said part of effective learning is sort of learning how versus looking up. Can you talk a little more about this concept of like, where do people like waste time on learning? Yeah, so so we kind of think of it in, in two buckets. There's the things that you have to know in order to execute on the job. So you want them top of mind. So you then there's a bunch of other things that you can look up. So really, as you're saying in the focusing, when you're looking at micro learning or learning in general, realize that you do have Google and stuff. And I think you don't need to memorize things, um, which traditionally a lot of training in classes was just, I remember literally memorizing words Yeah. and we don't need to do that anymore. So Christine, speaking of micro learning and keeping things short, we're sadly coming up to the end of our time. Do you have any last sort of thoughts about this topic before we sign off? You know, that what, what's going on in the world right now is driving the, the need to shift the way we think about learning even, you know, more so than ever before, because we have to be able to be super agile and be able to respond in situations that like we've never been faced with before. Well, Christine, that's so true. The world has changed so much and we need to change our learning approach as a result. Thank you for sharing your insights and thoughts on Work Matters. So, Robert, what did you think about that conversation with Christine, the whole micro-learning stuff? Yeah, I think one of the first things is that it's not necessarily about how much time you spend learning. It, it's really about what you take away. And you, and you can shorten the amount of time it may take to learn by really focusing on exactly what you need to get out of it. Yeah, and I think that's that's so true. And I think also finding ways to fit it in. It's like... You know, it's not like she said, you know, micro learning is not going to solve everything, but we can learn a lot more. It's a very natural way to learn. It's almost like how I approach exercise. I try to do something every day that elevates my heart rate that doesn't, other than like um, (laughs) dealing with work in a positive way, right? (laughs) Through exercise or running. But I fit it in, you know, at different times of the day just because my life's kind of hectic. And that was the thing I kind of got this micro learning that that there's so much we can learn. It's out there and always be looking at little ways you can learn. That's right. The other thing was this, the, the question about being vulnerable, you know, say, uh, uh, being willing to say why and express what you don't know so you can learn it. Yeah. Yeah. So fit a few short things in on a constant basis and then make sure you know what you need to learn. So be 
really bold and showing that curiosity, ask the questions, check for your own understanding, get the immediate feedback that sometimes uh, we, we don't always get in a more structured learning environment so that you can constantly be correcting your own learning. And we learn a lot more effectively that way, don't we? We do. We do. And I think uh, this and, and, and a mind shift, I think, for us as well, I guess, from more of like a, a manager and even a parent standpoint, is that, in fact, things like listening to YouTube and little apps and stuff like that are really, really powerful ways of learning. Yeah. And, and we have to get rid of this paradigm that the only way you learn is by going to class, because, in fact, that's probably not the best way to that's learn. Right. And that's a, that's a shift for, I think, all of us. So it was really it was a really fascinating conversation. I definitely shifted my thinking about learning. Agreed. Agreed. So now you can all feel better about leveraging YouTube to engage in your own micro learning throughout the course of your day. Just just remind anybody who's asking, you're not just watching YouTube videos, you're engaging in micro learning. <laughs> it sounds better, doesn't it? It does. All it right. Does well, I think better. we're we're up on time. I've got to go watch some YouTube videos now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to Christine Tutzel of Exonify. Thanks to Miguel Caroli and Eva Helbig of our Open SAP team. If you have enjoyed this new podcast, please be sure to subscribe and get us a rating. It really helps other people to find this podcast. We will be sure to get you some more information in our show notes. So if you're looking for more information on Exonify, Christine Tutzel, or SAP, please look no further than that. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast because what matters today? Well, learning matters, micro learning matters, work matters. Thanks for joining us for the Work Matters Podcast.